in exchange for a nice meal and a place to sleep, we're going to help them patrol the campsite for a while while they wait for some clients to come in. Jian, though, still seems a bit uncomfortable, so I'm starting to think it probably wasn't... Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that's their siren. Rather than a horn, they play a sexy saxophone melody. <laughs> anyway, I think that means the clients are here already? This is the After Disaster Broadcast, created by J.J. Ranvier. Hello, fellow survivors. Joe Prendergast here with another update from the Nature Preserve. I don't want to call it a brothel or any of those even more awful words, mainly because it's not some place that masquerades as progressive and then is run by some crappy man. It seems to be a community entirely run by women. So, sex commune. Yeah. Yeah, we're still helping out with the sex commune, patrolling for a few hot meals. They didn't say it directly, but I think they're as worried about the Morse Tua men as we are. I'm betting they came through with here. They they had to have. It's, it's right on the path. Though, though thankfully... Earlier that call, it was clients, not the men. And, well, well that, that was that was a lot to watch go down. The closest I've ever, ever been to seeing a sex worker hustle in person was in a dive bar in Chicago. The woman kept trying to sit on my friend's lap and saying something about money or whatever. And I had to gently tell her that my friends were aspiring artists, not famous artists, so they definitely couldn't afford her services. She still managed to get a free old style out of the bartender, which I'm not sure if that's winning or losing. I got nosy, as I do about everything, and this time it was more about how they even find these men that want their services. Not shocked, not at all shocked that there are these men. More curious, because we have very rarely, thankfully, run into any men or really anyone on the road. Brandy, Brandy, she's been the most outgoing and personable of all of them, so she's been the one that's been totally down to tell me about sex worker stuff. She told me about their three main techniques, either one, one of the workers pretends they need help finding the camp because they're all lost, and then they lead all the men back. Brandy never volunteers for that one because she has a terrible sense of direction and would actually get lost. Or one of them offers something like food, water, shelter, entertainment for a trade that leads them back to the camp for a different kind of trade or the last option. They 
point-blank offer them sex for resources or skills. Brandy says she prefers that one, partly because <laughs> she always gets a laugh out of the men claiming their dick is the most valuable resource they have. I didn't see the recruiting part. Uh, I was back at camp helping Jihun, Scout, and Elliot with patrolling. What we did see was Foxy, who... At this point, I'm figuring is the closest thing to a head honcho or HBIC or whatever. She rolled up in the go-kart with two men in the back, and I realized, way before the men did, that they had used technique number two. So, Foxy started some song and business number where she started bringing out things to trade, while the other sex workers flirted with the men, shamelessly, lots of fingers on the arms, wrapping themselves around them, that sort of thing. And then one of them whispered an offer in the guy's ear, and led him back to one of the tents to finish negotiations, and then finish in other ways. <laughs> I was fascinated by watching the process. It was... Mm, I don't want to say hunter and prey. Just, I mean, men are rarely prey anyway, so... It's more like watching a subtle magic trick. Like, one of those where they get everyone to think elephants in Denmark. Or like, ooh, like the magician's assistant turns on him and, and tricks the magician. <laughs> My companions were not as interested with the transaction for different reasons. Uh, Elliot was completely immersed in their knitting project, even attracted some women interested in trading for knitting items. Elliot politely refused until one woman offered a tarot reading in exchange for some socks they had knitted, and Elliot was all over that one. What a cliché. Scout was a bit... judgy? Not of the women, exactly. Thank goodness. I guess more of the circumstances? Scout was telling me how she can't help but worry because her experience with sex workers was a lot of reading about cases of them having to be saved, her words, not mine, by some social workers meaning a lot of them were underage and probably sex-trafficked. Though, also, a lot of the statistics on sex-trafficking are, well, are now, that I think about it, really out of date and must be completely false now. Trust me, I fell for that one, but <laughs> I had so many sex workers call into my show and tell me about that statistic being false. Oh, God. And Jihan... She is really struggling. Most of the time, it's just hard to read her. Her neutral face looks like she's just looking off into the distance and thinking about anything from all the different ways she can kill someone with her bare hands to missing luxuries like toilet paper or toilets. Maybe even missing someone. But uh, today, she's been jumpy. Nervous, even. Instead of her usual steady, I'd totally take on the boulder from Indiana Jones and win stance, she's been pacing, rocking on her feet. I finally had to, had to ask her why she even agreed to do this. It was an offer, not an ultimatum. We had a choice. And she said, I want to 
judge less. Also, while looking over at Foxy, in particular? So it seems like she hasn't stopped judging yet, so... Oh. Oh, uh, looks like they're done with the clients. Or the clients are done. Mm, that was fast. Parking hell. One of the guys tried to get out of giving them what they had negotiated, which was several cans of very mediocre soup and candles. I thought the guy would be hesitant about handing over the cans of food, but he was refusing to give them the candles that were so scented that I could almost smell them from where I was standing and watching this go down. I... I don't know how Foxy stayed so calm while this guy was being such a... a butthole. Though she did have the not-this-bullshit face again of a, a waitress who's watched too much crap go down at Denny's at 3 a.m. And then also... Also, it helps that backup showed up. This tall, muscular woman with amazing arms came out of nowhere. I later found out she's their only production before we showed up, and she had the presence to rival Jihoon, and when Ji saw her, her eyebrows jumped the same way they did when she saw that bottle of whiskey that one time. Yeah. The warrior woman's suit served this dual purpose of threatening the men into compliance with a meat cleaver and reminding me that I really, really, really like girls. Yeah, but I just... Even, even minutes later, I am so... I am so flicked off on these women's behalf. I, I just... I can't... How... How dare you try and wiggle out of your half of the deal after they helped you wiggle your pickle? Like, how dare these men use these women's services and then and then try and disrespect them this way? How dare men? What? Oh, uh, uh, Park Ranger Dave here with an update. Is uh, now a bad time? Oh my fucking godlessness. Really, Dave? Now? Now is when you try and get back in contact with me. So, is that a yes? It is a very bad time. I wish you could slam, hang up a ham radio like you could with those old landlines. That would be so fucking satisfying right now. Location update? Because I'm fine. Uh, turns out, actually, uh, this is kind of cool, there's two sides to the commune. The work side, where we were patrolling earlier, and then across the highway on the other side of the nature preserve is the side they actually live on. They physically have their work-life balance worked out. Impressive. Oh, and I found out why they're uh, meat cleaver keen on those candles. Well, one, it's night out, and for lighting, all they really have is a... A campfire in the middle. And two, it's a... Part of a ritual? Okay, I promise. Not a cult. Foxy and Brandy, though, uh... They took Candy and the other girl who worked the, the clients. They took them and they lit a couple of candles in a circle and sat down with them. And they all held hands while chanting. I promise... Not a cult. So I stared like I had walked in on a cult ritual. But 
But in my defense, so did G. Scout and Elliot, because that makes it okay. The chanting didn't last long, and so I wasn't able to figure out what they were saying. And then they all started whispering to each other, and then they all went off their separate ways. So I, I had to ask my favorite sex worker brand ambassador, Brandy, what that was all about. She said it was a check-in, that they always make sure to ask how the session went. Good, bad, ugly, or silly even, and if they wanted to talk about it and then see what they needed in terms of self-care. For these two, it turned out to be one of them just needed to meditate and do some yoga, but the other, the other went into the forest and just screamed her head off, which would have been terrifying if she wasn't screaming the fuck word, F word, uh, uh, and if everyone else didn't just scream it right back at her. And support, I guess, I think. But that got me thinking. <laughs> Self-care. Self-fucking care. I... I don't know when I did that before the apocalypse. I sure as fuck haven't done it any time recently. I don't even know when the last time I was gentle on myself or, or... Or even the last time I slept through the night. When was... Wow. Um... Personal update. It's been an emotionally intense night. Not that I have not had an emotionally intense night since the end of everything. That was a double negative. You know what? Double negatives are allowed when you're living the negative to end all negatives, okay? But Elliot overheard me talking to Brandy about self-care and had some ideas. Some okay ideas. They gathered Jihun, Scout, and me and asked us how we were all doing. Seems like a lot of work just to ask people a simple question, especially because Scout just said, be keen, and Jihun said, fine, which is every person code for terrible. I thought about just saying tired, because that was always the answer I gave when I got asked at work, and I didn't want to tell people, honestly, that I was feeling like shart. But it, instead, it was hard, but I told the truth. I said I wasn't feeling great, that I'd been stressed out and angry at everything. Scout, uh, said she had noticed, and before I could contest it, she talked about the time that I couldn't get an MRE packet open, and I borrowed a knife and stabbed it 23 times. So that's a good point. Thankfully, she then also admitted she'd felt less peachy and more blue like a blueberry, which got Jihun to admit she'd felt uncomfortable too, but... Nothing to do with the men, she actually was still just struggling with her hang-ups about the sex workers. So Elliot proposed we do some self-care. And that's where we got stumped. No bath bombs, I'm not flexible enough to do yoga, and deep breaths in these air conditions is a terrible idea! So after a really long, awkward pause, Elliot asked us what we do to relax. I didn't do that before the apocalypse. Especially don't do it now. Thankfully, Scout thought of throwing her axe into a tree as hard as possible. So with no better ideas, we all did it. Taking turns either patrolling or doing bad axe throwing with Scout. Well, we were the bad part. Scout was doing good axe throwing. She straight up took a branch off a tree with one throw. I guess it was like a chippy-choppy version of 
punching a pillow, and it was really fun to just ugh, throw something as hard as possible and hear it hit the tree. So I guess I'm feeling a little bit better. Park Ranger Dave here with an update along the volcano chain. Hi, Dave. What is your update? Oh, uh, well, I, I heard you were talking about deep breaths, and I, uh, I just wanted to give you a heads up. Uh, there's an increase in ashfall that's probably coming your way. Oh, um, okay, that's helpful. Thank you. Also, uh, completely unrelated, but, um, I know this great breathing technique that really helps me when I'm feeling anxious. You see... When I was in college, I took a couple of years off to travel through India, and there was this fantastic guru who taught me, you know, just how to... Jesus Rice! I didn't ask for your fucking advice, Dave! Fuck off! Um, so I guess the axe throwing didn't really help with the feelings... Personal update? I found out the full reason we're here. Patrolling. I was right. Yay! They did have a run-in with the Moors 2 men. They didn't direct me? Tell me that's what went down? Instead, Foxy mentioned some unruly clients, but that was all mixed up in her asking us to help develop a self-defense program for her. And by us, I mean Scout and probably June and probably eventually Elliot with the booby traps, so the three of them. Uh, she asked Scout after walking in on her, demonstrating how to throw an axe by nearly putting it through a tree. Not into, through. Yeah, so Scout's actually pretty thrilled. Uh, she's currently helping Foxy figure out traps that could also snare a man. Elliot is patrolling while knitting a new thong for one of the girls and they'll probably help with those traps and so I'm currently helping with the patrol the rest of the patrol while Jian is off doing her self-care try she's practicing some boxing since she hasn't in a while could I claim watching her practice with self-care <laughs> kidding totally uh, anyway I'm still figuring out my feelings, which isn't a recent journey at all, and... Oh, um, hi, Brandy. Oh, my goodness. What a breath of fresh air. <laughs> okay, just a metaphor. <laughs> Brandy, she's just really warm and friendly and there's something comforting about a woman who calls me honey without it being demeaning you know she's also one of those people that i'm sure people thought she was flirting with them but she's just nice to everyone and i'm totally not one of the people who thought that uh but since talking is really all i can offer as a trade item i did it i started playing interviewer starting with very basic questions like where are you from? Really close to here. And how did you survive the end of society as we know it? Meeting up with Foxy. My usual questions. She was 
pretty enthusiastic about her answers, like talking mostly with her hands and her mouth. And so I inch, inch, inched my way into more personal things like how'd she end up as part of the commune, aka how'd you end up as an end time sex worker? She laughed and followed it up with sucking dick for soup cans and bottled water. Her words, not mine. But she just told me how she had been a cam girl before, partly because there was just no work in the small town she was in, but also because she enjoyed it. And she had known Foxy from a sex worker forum. Seems like Foxy recruited everyone, I guess. So I got immediately sidetracked by my nosiness and wanted to know all the cam girl stories. She said she lost count of all the things she got paid to put up her vag. But she was thankful for not having to go to the hospital the one time a ping pong ball got stuck. And her worst and grossest was the time on cam she, uh deep-throated a dildo wrong, threw up, and that got tipped a thousand, because that was some guy's fetish. Yeah. Candy, who is significantly less smooth, came by and barged in with a story about a client who wanted to remove her tampon with his mouth. <laughs> well, it's all fun in sex games until someone brings up men. Certain men. I asked them about the clients they had had recently, if any others had caused trouble. They got real quiet, which is the worst. But Brandy at least told me how a group of, uh, butt wipes, uh, to, to radiofy her term, had come through. They got really angry when they realized the sex was in exchange for something not free. Foxy really wanted one of their four-wheelers. The men flipped out and threatened to burn down the nature preserve. But considering what we've seen, I'm wondering how they managed to get them out with... Oh, uh, more clients. Okay. Uh, didn't expect that. I guess Foxy found some un... Wait, no... She's over there with Ji-hun. And it looks like they're talking about boxing? And Ji-hun is smiling. Full-on smiling. Oh my god. Oh, the... I can't. Oh, she, she has a crush on Foxy. That explains everything. Oh, oh, okay, everyone's moving over to the worker side to meet up with the clients. Except for Foxy and Ji-hun. Okay, uh, I don't have time to overanalyze this. I'll just have to let it keep me up for three hours when I try to go to bed tonight. Okay! Okay. Okay, I'm... I'm a little more than shaken right now. I... I just... I saw what happens when, uh... When a client... Does something worse than try and refuse payment? All the sex workers okay. I just I want to start off with that. Everyone is okay. Okay. I went over to the business side of the highway and saw that it was a recruitment style number three. So the clients were openly leering and flirting with the workers, and they were they were giving them uh, cups of 
A homemade booze? Uh, Randy told me it's actually kombucha. Uh, it was it was a lot of men uh, with a big caravan full of goods. So, of course, the girls were looking to trade. Negotiations started. Clients were getting dragged off to tents for the sexy part, the dick check. And then the sexy everything else. Everything was going great. It was fine. And then... All but one of them. One of them who was getting rowdy. God, there's always an asshole that broadens the bunch. Instead of going with Candy to the tent, he started grabbing her arm very roughly and trying to drag her towards the caravan. Scout stepped in to block his way with an axe and an attitude to match. Then the warrior woman appeared, again out of nowhere. He healed his arm off Candy and cut off one of his fingers. It squirted blood. It was more blood than I have ever wanted to see in my adult life, and I bleed once a month. Scout was uh, taken aback, especially when a fleck of it got on her face. I think I screamed because I'm secretly an action movie extra, and the warrior woman just said, If a client lays an unearned finger on a woman, he loses that finger. Fair, but we were not aware of this policy. So we're we're leaving tonight. I'd feel worse about it if Foxy wasn't already organizing that self-defense and patrol program with Scout and Jihoon. She's really taking some of Jihoon's ideas, and it's something the two of them are making together, which is good for them. That's great. Jihoon seems actually sad about leaving. Once again, not my business. But we can't... We can't stay here. I just don't... I don't know what's right anymore. I don't want the men to hurt anyone. But if the only way to protect ourselves from men that want to hurt us is to hurt them back... Or to avoid them, I I feel so... (laughs) Oh, oh God. Oh, oh God. This is so embarrassing. I I know there's people who can hear this. I... uh, I'm so sorry. I really try to keep it together on here for everyone. I... Survivors. Hey, Joe. I just, I just want to say it's okay. It's okay to cry. Jesus fucking Christ, Dave. I don't need your approval. I don't need your advice. I don't need. I. I. Uh, Joe. Joe, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know you don't need all that from me. So, so what do you need, Joe? I, I, I just think I need someone to talk to. Just listen, and that's it. 
Hey, I'm a I'm a park ranger, Joe. I'm I'm really good at just being quiet and, and listening, okay? Oh. Okay. Let's just find a channel and you can talk and I'll just listen. You sure? Joe. I'm so sure. Okay, friend? Oh, yeah. Okay, friend. Okay, well, I guess right now I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I am really scared of everything. I mean, I was always scared of everything. Thank you for listening to the After Disaster broadcast. This was written and produced by J.J. Ronvier. The voice of Joe Prendergast is J.J. Ronvier. The voice of Park Ranger Dave was Faras Alexander. The outro person is me, Caitlin Robb. Our audio editor is Rory Strawn-Mock. Enjoyed the podcast? So did we. Subscribe to keep listening to us and leave us a nice review on iTunes. It really helps. In return, email us at theafterdisasterbroadcast at gmail.com that you did, and we will send you one of our rad stickers as a thank you. Not a bribe, just encouragement. As extra encouragement, we've started reading out some of our favorite reviews, like this review from Veek10. I've been hooked on this podcast since the first episode. It's an amazing format for a post-apocalyptic story, and I'm a big fan of how the listener can come to love every one of the diverse cast, even though their characterization comes through Joe's eyes. I'm so excited to hear what comes next. Thanks! We're excited for you to hear it. To support Joe and her journey to Chicago, please check us out at patreon.com slash theafterdisasterbroadcast, where you can get bonus content for supporting us with your money. For more on the broadcast and surviving the apocalypse, check us out on Twitter at AfterDisasterBC, or on any media that makes you feel social in this wasteland. And now, we leave you with this. Survival tip. When comforting a grieving person, phrases like, you'll get over it, and you can always have another one, work in any situation.